Hey guys, welcome back to The Happy Haven. I know it's been a little while. Something happened with the computer. These things happen. The show's been down for a little bit, but we're back and strong now. I'll be booking new guests, so look forward to new episodes coming up. Uh, this one I did right before uh, the technical thing happened with the computer. I was able to save it, so without further ado, my apologies for the delay to both you and the guest, uh, Ryan Katie. Uh, up-and-coming comic book guy who's had some really cool projects so far. So enjoy. What's up, dude? Hey. How are you? I'm swell. How about you? I'm good. Busy week. Got to end it early, so I'm off tomorrow. Hit 40 hours. At oh, nice. Yeah, I hit 40 hours at 4 o'clock today. Jesus, yeah, you deserve a three-day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, man, other than that, you know, it's good. Always good to hear. Yeah, so you're in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn now. Yeah, yeah. I'm from California though. I'm a I'm a L.A. Orange County guy. That's where I born and raised. Uh, nah, see, I'm a Boston boy. So we used to go up to uh, we used to go up to New York a lot. Oh, I was just in your I was just in your hometown. Were you not at the show? Nah, man. I'm in Atlanta now. I I live here. I've oh, been oh, here for oh. about 13 years. <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why I don't sound like Goodwill Hunting anymore. You don't get that. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm not hearing the wicked of the of the pizza. I'm wicked so smart. <laughs> my mom, though, oh my god, you get her on the phone with me, and she like she drags that accent out of me in like two minutes. She is like movie character quality Boston accent. Well, you know, and it's like it's sometimes um, there's a term for it that I learned in undergrad, but there's a when you. When you can do an accent, if you're with someone who does it, sometimes it'll get dragged out of you. Like, I don't know if... Do you know Elliot Rahal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Elliot, every time me and... If me and Elliot hang out, like, at a con for more than two or three days, I start doing the Midwestern, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you oh, know? yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot, but enough that every once in a while he'll give me a look, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> oh, my God, man, I'd love to get him on the show. Okay, so one night, right... He was. He came up with this idea about um, something. What the X Files, but way before the show was actually on. So like a back in time X Files, and I just started typing. And it's Twitter, so you know you get like you hit that character limit, and it's like sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sand. I didn't. Re- I must have looked like he ended up loving it, but I must have looked like a crazy person because I went on this whole thing where I was like. Okay, so there's this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, right? Because he did like an open, like, so what's some yeah. ideas? And then he was like, well, crap. Uh, this time period, it would it would have been the Pinkertons. So I'm like, okay, reroute. So the Pinkertons, right? And it ends up being like, like so, so you have the, the, the skeptic and then the grizzled Civil War combat vet. Like, we went back to like the 1800s for the X-Files. Nice. And, right, so it was like this grizzled Civil War combat vet. And this like skeptic, and then we ended up not being able to use the Pinkertons because they weren't around yet. So we were like, okay, so it's you know like we just turned it into like two guys that that are working for the government in some capacity, and this and it ended up being this thing where like, um, they were like these lizard people, and they looked like us, but sometimes the disguise would slip, and mm. they get drugged. Like I'm I'm sitting there and I'm typing like a, a madman because I can actually write. I just don't have the balls to actually go out with it. Um, <laughs> so I'm writing and he's like Jesus. Like in between, like if I took like a break between treats, he's like Holy crap, dude! So I'm like da 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 da, and I'm like okay. So they end up in this um, recently released, you know, recently freed slave plantation in New Orleans and. You know, they discount all the children who talk about it until they meet this one guy who talks about seeing it as an adult. And da, da, da. So it ended up being like, so these two government agents end up tracking down lizard people in New Orleans. And, and that, sounds, that sounds like a, co, a co-written Elliot pitch to me. I, but it was like, I wrote it in like 15 minutes, and I could probably find it. And, but it would be like this crazy 15-minute block of like 140-character tweets <laughs> comprising this elevator pitch. And it's the only time I've ever talked to him in, like, my whole life. And it was, like, this crazy, like, late night, like, okay, I got your X-Files pit, you know, in the 1800s. Let's go. And I just started writing. And it was the only interaction I've ever had with him, but it was crazy. 
He's a he's a really great guy. I mean, honestly, uh, I'll I'll uh, I'd love to try and get him on the show for you. He's he's really nice. He's a really kind, funny, brilliant dude. He comes across that way. I follow him yeah. on Twitter just like I follow you. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I mean, of course. He, that's where me and him met. As uh, uh, he, uh, I mean, we were following each other because of work stuff, and it was the son of a similar thing. One day, he tweeted like ideas for uh, uh, Escape from New York sequels. And he was just, nice. like, escape from Antarctica, like, tweeting stuff. And then I was, like, escape from the moon. And we were just going back and forth, making other escape froms. Nice. So, seems to be a pattern. Right. <laughs> so, for the audience, introduce thyself, good sir. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, my name is Ryan Cady. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, comics, mostly, although I've done some prose. Uh, actually, funny, what we were talking about, The uh, I've done, uh, like, an X-Files uh short story for IDW pros thing. Uh, but mostly I do comics. Um, I've written a lot for Top Cow, uh, Magdalena. I co-wrote with Teeny Howard with Christopher on art was my big recent thing. Uh, and right now I'm, uh, I'm one of the people in the DC comics talent workshop. Nice dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I saw the Magdalena and the, uh, Warframe and X-Files. Oh yes, and that Warframe. Yeah. How could I forget? Uh, I actually had to write some of that today, so I should have it more on my brain. <laughs> I have played the crap out of that game. Oh, do you like it? Yeah, I have fan? an Xbox One and a PS4. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played it on both. And just what a like for a free to play. Oh what yeah, a solid experience. So I can Definitely. see, and the lore they left wide open. I can see how that could be fodder for you to like write up something really crazy. Absolutely, it's it's been really interesting for us to to work with them on like what they want to show and what they want to keep secret and where to dig and stuff. It's been a really interesting uh, process. Nice. So, so which direction do you got? I mean, is it through the eyes of, um, Oh God, I'm here. I am claiming I play the game. Uh, the Tenno. <laughs> the is Tenno. It, yeah. Is it no, through, no. So it's not actually, um, I don't know how much I can give away, but, uh, yeah, if you've read the, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'll, you know, I'll get in trouble. You won't. Uh, <laughs> if you've, you know, if you've read that free issue, uh, the, there's a, it's, it's about the Ostrons, which are normal humans, basically, mm-hmm. in that world, uh, and, uh, the sort of support character for that free issue is, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but she's a young, blind, blinded Ostron girl, and so, uh, she is sort of a support character throughout the whole series, um, mm-hmm. there's another... Not necessarily an ordinary human, but there's another Ostron character uh, who shows up who's kind of a badass. Uh, and plus the Lotus, uh, those are sort of like the good guy talking figures. Other Tenno will show up as well, uh, but it's not going to be from Tenno's perspective, really. Okay. Uh, so it's sort of like that's sort of the good guy group uh, without too many spoilers. And then we sort of follow uh, Captain Vore the guy in charge of the Grenier as like our lead bad guy. And <laughs> he's like, I'm trying, I, I, we really want to make him like uh, me and Matt Hawkins are like working to make him this sort of like slightly charismatic, like general type figure, like a, like a master strategist, like a Patriot, you know, like, yeah, uh, we're playing with ways to make him interesting. Not just a gross guy who you have to fight in the game. <laughs> I love Matt Hawkins. He's a fantastic dude to work with. Yeah. Very, very uh, frenetic in a good way. <laughs> dude, you, you you are the guest that is right up my alley because Top Cow, they were one of the first big guests I landed. I had Matt Hawkins on, and I've had Brian Edward Hill on. Oh, dude, Brian Hill is amazing. I Brian, love that dude. Brian is like, he's like a sensei, man. Like, I, I, I could... If that guy offered a writing workshop, I would take it every day. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I actually sent something to him to read over, and he was like, can you write it in comic book format? And I was like, I never did that. And <laughs> I like looked at outlines, and I got really busy with work, and I'm trying. And he, he didn't make it. He, it wasn't like a collab. I just asked him, hey, look at this idea I have. And he was like, yeah, but you got to write it in comic book form. And I was like, all right, that's a thing. And no, he's, he's a you know, super encouraging, super kind, helpful dude. Uh, he's always he's always there with stuff like that. He talks me off of so many ledges on social media. 
because I can get real wrapped up in getting angry at stupid people. <laughs> and, and there are times where he has come in and been like, like, I'll get like the private message like, dude. And then he just starts talking and you're like, yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So th- th- those are some awesome people for you to be able to be around. Most definitely. Yeah. I, I uh, he was, uh, well, you know, I mean, my, my background is that I, I started interning for Top Cow in college and then uh, I sort of just like, <laughs> I was just hanging around, uh, just doing a little bit of assistant editorial and stuff like that here and there. Uh, and I, uh, I'm close with the Sedgicks. I still edit their books, but nice. uh, mainly I'm just all writing now. But I'm still sort of, I'm in, I'm in the machine, I guess. And that's how I, you know, got got acquainted with Brian and, and, and Matt and all them. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to say, how did you... You just kind of answered it, but yeah, I was going to segue into that. Like, so what got, did you grow up loving comics and then you just grew into it or? Um, actually, I mean, so for me, I grew up, if I had to pick like what superheroes are for me or comics in general, I mean, it was, it was the DC animated shows. I mean, Batman, the animated series, and then later Superman and Justice League and all that. And like, those were super formative for me growing up. Like those were story, you know, um, and I think they hit me at the right age, not too young, not too old. And uh, I just, growing up, because I was watching all those shows, I would just, I would just like go to the bookstore and grab graphic novels at random, you know, just random trade paperbacks and stuff, you know, not really knowing anything about them. But it'd be like, oh, last week I saw an episode where Green Lantern did something cool. I'm going to go grab a Green Lantern book, you know. Right. Uh, that, that sort of approach. And then um, I really wasn't, actively collecting single issues and I feel like I'm <laughs> sometimes I feel like I, I get weird looks uh, in the industry when I say this but I wasn't actively collecting single issues monthly until New 52 came out gotcha. uh, so I was like you know I was I was reading collections and trade paperbacks and stuff and uh, you know I would always read friends single issues but, but when New 52 came out a bunch of my friends were like hey we're all going to start collecting again you gotta come. You gotta start. There are a bunch of new number ones. You can get back on the ground level. And I was like, "Well, sounds like time to finally pick up a short box of my own and really go to town on the floppies." Right? Yeah. 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 Your friends line up like a horror movie called "Join Us." <laughs> the night time exactly. is the right time. Sorry, that's an old Adam Sandler joke from oh. one of his '90s CDs. <laughs> the oh, from one of the CDs, not the uh, the old SNL. No, it's he did a sketch on one of the CDs about a cult, and it's just. <laughs> like him and like I think Norm Macdonald and David Spade and all them just chanting the nighttime is the right time for like five minutes. <laughs> that's a good crew. But that's that, funny. But that's an awesome entry in. I mean, you—that's a good ground level to get in on for you, though. Like, you know, how you got yeah, it and who you're, yeah. And I mean, DC. That mean I mean, DC was kind of always there. And it's not that I I don't have love for other companies. I have oh, yeah, massive love for all the other companies. But it's it's sort of weird for me and. I feel really blessed, and it's kind of, uh, I mean, like, fortuitous, I guess, or providential, whatever you want to say, that, that like, there was that, that was the uh, mythology that introduced me to everything, and then that was the relaunch that finally got me to grab single issues, and then now I'm doing, doing the thing. Uh, exactly. It's always been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been there. Um, so, if... I mean, are you allowed to talk? What is the the DC Talent Workshop? I mean, really, as it's much just, as you can speak to it, I guess. I don't know yeah. how they are with stuff. No, I mean, you know, I won't, I won't give away any any trade secrets. But I mean, honestly, it's 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 just run a lot like a graduate writing workshop. But oh, you know, okay. but Scott Snyder is there running it. You oh know, my God. And, and I just picked up metal yesterday. Oh, how good! It was so good, right? Yes. <laughs> it, I mean, it was Forge just, was like woo, but Metal was like man, 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 yeah, man. yeah. It was it was Metal, you know, and it was really cool. And we, you know, just to to read through it and to have, you know, not obviously learned everything about it, but to have Scott in our in our first couple classes, like talking a little bit about his process and stuff, and then to be able to go right away and read the book and be like, whoa, uh, it was it was pretty epic. That's freaking awesome. And then um, I, I've kind of I've kind of fallen back in love with DC pretty hard, and um, Tom King's run on Batman has been 
absolutely amazing. And then, of course, Mr. Miracle came out, and that was a really good number uh, I mean, one. That's, Tom is a he's a friggin' genius. I mean, that's he's, he's envious. I'm envious of his his writing ability. I mean, Vision is is probably one of my top, easily one of my top ten comics of all time. Yeah. I mean, God, the dude is so good. He's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I read Mr. Miracle and was just like, this story's going to be insane. Like, I was reading through it, and, and I picked up on the pattern of the dark side is panels in there, and I'm like, oh, okay, so they're gaining frequency, and every time you see him, something is not right for him. Something in his reality changed. And then that last page is just like, oh, that rabbit hole. I just Hell fell. yeah. I just fell in that rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> so, well, and I like that we're kind of we're kind of at this like the beginning of this new like new gods re Kirby renaissance where we're like starting to dip our toes back into the Kirby stuff and I'm yes. I'm really jazzed about it. Yeah, it's a uh, little more than um, overdue, I think. From <laughs> for me, like, yeah, I, I, I like I like where we're going with what I'm reading right now. It's, Definitely, it's, it's some good stuff. But but I mean, of course, like, um, more. I mean, I, I more want to talk about what you've written. Because I, I know, well, because I mean, I could veer off and just be like, and then this book's great, and this book, and that, and this. Um, I mean, I'd be here for that conversation. <laughs> right! But, I don't, you know, I, I want to focus on what you're writing and, and what you're working on now and what you've worked on and what's going forward. I mean, I know we touched on Warframe and I mentioned Magdalena, but for, for people who maybe don't read um, a lot of indie books, um, sure. they kind of stick with, with the big two. Um, it, explain Magdalena. It's like, maybe something could... Sure. I mean, uh, like, we've been kind of joking that our our run on it is kind of like a heavy metal Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically, Magdalena is a Top Cow property. She was introduced as uh, an antagonist in the Darkness books. Yep. Uh, and so, basically, there's this Sisterhood of Nuns. It's a bloodline, and they are mythologically descended from Christ and uh, they wield the Spear of Destiny against evil. Uh, and, you know, if, you're, if you read Know You're Old, The Darkness, I mean, Jackie Estacado was not a super good dude, and so the Catholic Church was like, we got to kill this guy, so they sent the Magdalena. Um, and then she had a couple solo series. Mm -hmm. uh, there was, for a long time, uh, whenever she'd appeared, it was one woman. Her name was Patience. And there was really only the one Magdalena who was showing up in books. But uh, at its core and at its inception, it was a sisterhood. So we kind of wanted to recapture that a little bit. So in me and Teeny's run, the Magdalena refers to this, this woman, Patience, she's wounded. And she sort of is like, I need to train my replacement in case something happens to me. So she finds the next of the bloodline, uh, this chick, Maya Dos Santos, from Southern California, who's like this goth community college kid who just doesn't know what she's doing in life. It's like the very, you know, the, the Peter Parker scenario, the Skywalker thing. You're handed this great destiny, and you couldn't be more jazzed about it, but just the training and the struggle. Right. So that's where the sort of the Buffy elements come in, where there's this young girl, I mean, like, if, She's being trained by patients, but at the end of the day, you know, she's a she's a, a young person up against hell itself, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, you know, light, light life choices. Yeah, you know, casual, casual, everyday stuff. I'm sure we all have to slay a demon or two in our college days. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I remember my first uh, demon calling quite well. Yeah. <laughs> brimstone in my clothes for days. Yep. I gotta double wash it. You know. <laughs> I actually, I follow uh, Teeny. She is a riot. Oh, she's the best. She, she is a riot on on Twitter to follow. I, she, I usually laughing when she puts something up. No, she's, she's really funny, and she's, I mean, like, she's my comics big sister. I mean, like, that's sort of our dynamic. Oh, that's a little, awesome, though. That's very really friendly cool. and familial, but also a little, uh, 
picking on each other. So it's 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 good. <laughs> but see, that's good because you know they always say if if you can't pick on someone or someone doesn't pick on you, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's good to be in like that with <clears throat> with people. So what's um. If you can talk about it, I'm, um, I, I looked up some stuff. To just, I mean, I knew, I knew this. Some of the stuff you had worked on just from following you on Twitter. Sure. But, um, I was going to ask, what's Big Moose? Uh, Big Moose was uh, an Archie. It's an Archie one shot, and uh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, yeah. It was. Uh, it came out in April, uh, and it was basically, you know, Archie's their relaunch was doing really well, and so they wanted to do. And they've done a few. I think now they've done, I think, almost 12 one-shots to see sort of as tests, like see what would do well, what characters could maybe get their own series or get more traction. And so um, I had a couple phone calls with people at Archie, sent a couple pitches in, and basically Moose is the, uh, they, they gave me the gig, and uh, it's just a one-shot. There are a couple other, there are two backup stories in it as well. Mine's just the main story. Um with Thomas Patilli, he's a brilliant artist. He does a lot of uh, illustration work too, so it was very, uh, I guess, emotional and 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 well formed. Uh, but uh, big Moose is the like the big dumb jock, yeah, uh, in, in the Archieverse, yeah, our Archieverse, I guess, uh, in Riverdale, uh, and sort of, uh, you know, my take was sort of like. Moose seems like the big dumb jock, but if you like look at his life on paper, he really has a really good life. But it's also a lot to juggle, especially if you're this person that everybody expects you to be simple. And so my right. story was sort of like, can Moose, can this guy who everybody expects to be, you know, simple and 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 not ambitious and whatever, can he have it all, if only maybe for one week? Uh, and it was just sort of all, everything sort of comes together at once. And, uh, you know, it's just about, it's about high school and, like, the expectations people put on you and the expectations you put on yourself and, and you know, sort of finding that balance. Gotcha. You know what? I can say, you know, as, as I've gotten older, that I was in high school. I was super punk rock, obnoxious, hateful little spite <laughs> machine. And I actually, I couldn't stand what we call the jocks now. You're talking in the 90s, so this is back when when there actually really were clicks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was with the skaters and the burnouts because I skated. and I didn't burn out very much, but I skated, and I had a passion for the Deftones and like stuff like that. Sure. You know, and yeah, yeah. So I hated the jocks, and now, as an adult, I'm like, those kids had so much pressure put on them. Absolutely. At home, at school, at because you know you, you always see it, and you're like, oh well, they can do whatever they want. They get away with everything. They don't have to try hard in class, and that. And then as an adult, you you know you you're you get more informed of how things really work, and you're just like, that really must have sucked. Absolutely. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It's funny actually. I my, my core idea. Uh, I was talking to Brian Brian Hill once on the phone actually about like injecting uh, like real life experiences and stuff like that, and I was talking about I was being very flippant and jokey about having a like a, a privileged uh, you know suburban upbringing, and he was talking about how to like dig into that and find that that you know like even in something that to you seems boring or or easy or whatever that there's still an earnest core of a story there. And so I kind of always kept that a little bit and then channeled yeah. that a little bit. So thank you, Brian, for that, for that as well. <laughs> Man, I'm going to look that up. Oh, thank you. I mean, if you like, I mean, I don't know how much it'll hold for people who don't love Archie, but, but I, I hope it's accessible to anybody who, I haven't read Archie in years, but I grew up, um, I had a grandma that spoiled me. And every time I would go with her somewhere, if they had the Archie Double Digest at the at the counter, I would get one. I think I had like fifty of those things at her house. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up reading I mean, the, the new stuff's really good. I love the new stuff. It's it's also really good. It 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 uh, it, it's 
it does surprisingly well and feels good in a market where there isn't a lot of room for just sort of like simple, wholesome stories. Uh, right. I heard there's this yeah. whole zombie storyline. Oh, that stuff's also great. Don't get me wrong. As a, as a big I was like, what are you t- like, my friend was like, because he knows I read Walking Dead, and he was like, well, you know they're doing that to Archie. I'm like, they're doing what to Archie? He's like, oh, yeah, there's this whole, like, zombie universe they built. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's a, it's a separate continuity, but it's yeah. amazing. It's a great read. I was like, man, I have been out of collecting for too long. There's a whole stuff going by <laughs> that I'm missing. You know, but I mean, I, I kind of... I kind of got out of the big houses for a while and stuck with indie stuff. Um, I got super sucked into, like, it's all mainstream now, but it wasn't when it was out. It was, like, um, Fables and Lock mm-hmm. and Key, Why the Last Man, um, oh, yeah. Stuff of Legend. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and then, of course, you know, I've always kept up with Ninja Turtles because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm an 80's kid, so I'm like... No, no. she is great. IDW, what, what they've done with the Ninja Turtles. I mean, they're up to what, like issue 70 something. Oh yeah. And they've expanded the whole universe really, really wonderfully. And but I mean, there's some so good, really fantastic stories coming out of those, out of those books and, and some great talent and some, some amazing people working on them. But then I got turned on to, to like, you know, um, the, the labels you, you've worked for and still work with, um, you know, top cow stuff like, um, postal and oh, was it postal. So good. Broken Trinity. Yeah, um, I know I've got. I guarantee you, I have something in this house that's got Magdalena either in it or on it because I really <laughs> like the darkness. Um, you know, and then I got out of it for a while, um, and tried to come back to comics. And the two big houses were like, "There's eighteen thousand universes on the shelf on a monthly <laughs> basis," and you're like, I, "I I like Batman," and they're like, "Well, there's the Batman," and you're like, "No, there's twenty six of them. I just like." <laughs> You know, like, I just like that. Or, or like Marvel. You're like, Captain America. And they're like, which one? What do you mean, which one? They're like, well, <laughs> there's... There's several. Yeah, there's no, yeah. Uh, Old Man Rogers. There's the one where apparently now he's a Nazi. There's the one where it's Falcon. There's the one with... And I'm like, I, I, I like the guy who fights the bad guys and throws the shield. Like, and I don't mean it to sound simple and stupid. It's just... No, no. You know, gro- growing up in the 80s and 90s, the, the, there was it was pretty much a lot of one-shot continuity per per character and book. You know, like, yeah, there was multiple Justice Leagues, but they had their set teams. You know, and there was a Batman, and then, you know, there was usually Detective Comics, which was a little grittier. And, you know, but there wasn't like 18,000 books for each for each thing that you like. Where you're, Like, if, if I were to start comics today... With no knowledge, I think you would just like kind of almost get lost. Yeah, I mean, finding that you balance found the indie so books, difficult. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I I, uh, I had somebody was like, well, you, you need to find because I was a big fan of Snyder and Capullo's Batman. Um, the whole Court of Owls, that whole storyline yeah. was just oh, like, yeah. this is amazing, month to month. Fantastic. And then I was like, okay, well, they're coming off the book, and they were like, yeah. Um, Go pick up the Rebirth ones. You need to... They're like, Tom King has Batman. I'm like, oh. So I got on the first issue and was like, oh, this is delicious. And it's... Yeah, I've been following it ever since. And then, of course, the Mr. Miracle thing. And I was just like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Much to my wife, I'm like, you know all those pull boxes of old stuff I have? You know? Um... There's going to be some new pull boxes coming into the house, just so you know. <laughs> so, but so, what's your uh, when when you're not writing them? What books are you into? Um, I mean, I I tend to lean a lot towards horror, but I guess right now, um, it, you know, it, it's hard to say. But like, if you had a gun to my head, I think my favorite DC right now is uh, Green Arrow. Uh, I really love it. I've I, and especially now that they're sort of like with the hard traveling hero arc, uh, Percy's kind of recreating the uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern road trip across America thing. Uh, it's 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 good. I love it a lot. And the art, Ferreira, and um, who else do they have in that book? Uh, there's like a rotating art. T- oh, Otto Schmidt did some of the issues. I mm-hmm. and uh, oh man, um, and Burn. I, I I've loved that book from from issue one. Uh, and Marvel, uh, I 
have been following Aaron's Mighty Thor from the beginning, and I'm going to follow it until he's done with it. Uh, I love all the Thor stuff right now. Uh, it's spectacular. It's always I've I've loved it since Aaron took over. Okay. What's the Mighty uh, Thor? What's uh, that's just I mean that's his that's his uh, that's the main Thor book. I mean right now that's Jane Foster's Thor. But okay. Yeah. 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 That's but right. that's always that's the Mighty Thor. That's just been the main Thor title since, but even before she took over, um, right? Yeah. Uh, image wise, I mean, all the big ends, you know, Saga. Saga's uh, so good. My favorite image books right now. Uh, I've loved East of West from day one. I I love East of West. I think it's might be Hickman's best work. Uh, if I am even remotely capable of judging that. Uh, and then, uh, I really like Seven to Eternity. Uh, that one kind of, uh, I didn't expect it to be a book for me, but I, I loved it. It blew me away. I've heard people talking about that book. It's great, man. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So, um, I was thinking, if you like horror books, um, have you ever heard of Alterna Comics? Yeah, yeah, I know about Alterna's work. They, yeah, the they did the newsprint uh, relaunch. Yes, I had I had a uh, Peter Samedi on. Okay, and yeah, um, if you like horror stuff, I know they they I think it came out as a movie, but the books are coming out now. It's called The Chair. Yeah, yeah, it's Samedi's book, right? The Chair. Yeah, 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 and that's a uh, technically that's Rowdy Roddy Piper's last film role, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm getting ready to check that one out. I, I like the horror stuff too. I yeah, they got actually... a couple. <laughs> huh? They've got a, they've got a couple uh, interesting looking projects coming out. They really do. Mother Russia is awesome. Oh yeah, that's the Fubar guys, right? I think that one's been coming out for a while in one form or another. Yeah, that's the one where it's like um, the zombies, <laughs> zombie apocalypse in communist Russia. It's so good. That's right. fantastic. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, it's the zombie apocalypse in communist Russia. That one's really good. Mm-hmm. And then what did I pick up the other day? It was super weird looking. It was um, AD after oh, death. Oh oh oh, Scott and uh, Scott and Jeff Lemire's book. Yes. Uh, I own it. Uh, I am not yet ready to dive into it. It's a. Uh, it's it's like a. It's a. It's an ordeal to read, I hear. Not it's, in a bad way, but you just have to be ready to do it. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love stuff like that, but I need to be in a place where I can sit down and just burn through it all all day and just be like, whoa. Uh, Black Monday Murders was the same way. Did you read that one by Hickman? No. Uh, that was Hickman and, oh, man, who's the artist? Um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the artist's name. I feel really bad. But it's uh, it's the one about like how the super rich, like the super rich are basically Satanists, and it sort of like follows how like the market weans and wheels with sort of like this occult stuff across the decades. But it's also really dense. Like you have to kind of get into it and stay into it for a while when you read it and just like process it slowly. Right. Like you're, yeah, like you're actually having to sit down and eat instead of just grabbing something on the go and being like, well, that was fun. Exactly. See, I'm I'm older now. I kind of really dig that in in my books, like something that you actually. Yeah, it's AD after death. Um, yeah, the copy I got is, is yours. Like huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have the weird big oversized one. Okay, that's that the one I have too. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, like that thing is. I want it. Like the cover alone was like, okay, that looks really cool. And then yeah, I dug into it and was like, holy crap. It's one of those things where you're like, I'm going to read it again because if I try to talk about it and I got something wrong, I'm going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Type of things where you're like, yeah, that's that, that's a deep old storyline right there. And then, of course, um, I had a friend the other day tell me I had to start reading um, Southern Bastards. Oh, dude, Southern Bastards. Amazing. Freaking kills it. Um, I mean, I love both those creators, Aaron and Latour. I love them so much. Uh, so, like, it's a no-brainer book for me, but I, I, I highly recommend it. Gotcha. And then, um, I was going to ask, so with, with, with the DC Workshop thing, do, is that, 
it sounds like you said it's like a graduate class now do you stay on with them after that or is it just like a almost like an uh, internship thing and you can earn a spot or and if uh, it's something you if it's something you don't feel comfortable I just I've never heard of that no, before no no I don't know what I can and can really say specific wise to go into stuff but there there is definitely preparations and plans and and tracks for you to to definitely get work out, out of the program or, or when you finish the program or whatever it's uh it's it's sort of the design of the program is to teach you how to how to write at DC specifically and to help you grow as a creator overall okay yeah that just sounds like a super cool program and that's I'm not familiar with it at all I'm I know um, Top Cow does that talent search yeah. thing every year, and I was just wondering, I guess, if it was if it was something like that, but what, what you're doing, that's more of a, you've already kind of proven yourself in this space. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a, and it's more of, you know, it's more of a, an in-the-room, I mean, it's all over video conference, but it's, it's like an in-the-room class type situation, you know? Nice. Yeah, I, 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 I just feel super lucky to be, be in on in there. Right. I yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. So, um what about non-comic stuff cuz you said something about prose. So, have you Yeah, I mean um I mean that's what I I was writing that's what I was writing, you know, mostly what I what I grew up reading and writing and and I uh uh wow, I totally blanked on what I was going to say there for a second. <laughs> um I was writing a lot of prose when I I just sort of fell into learning how to write comic script and realizing that was something I could strive for, uh, like tangibly, uh, before I had thought like, Oh, the path is sort of like the Scott Snyder path where you, you write prose and then you get recognized and then somebody lets you write comics, uh, not the other way around. But, um, I haven't been writing as much lately just because comic stuff's been really demanding, but, uh, I wrote a ton of maybe not great, uh, short, short stories, uh, in college and the years after college. Uh, and then the last one that I got published was uh, in an X-Files collection published by IDW that Jonathan Mabry edited. Uh, and there are like three volumes. I'm in the third volume. Uh, it, mine's called Secret Agendas out of the three volumes. And <laughs> it's like a bunch of really successful prose authors and then I'm just inexplicably in there. I, I, <laughs> I am the black sheep of the anthology. Oh, uh, come on, dude. No, no, it's it's very funny to flip to the back of the book and I read everybody's uh, biographies. It's like so and so's a New York Times bestseller, so and so's a New York Times bestseller, so and so's won a Hugo Award. And it's like Ryan Katie, uh, he's a dude. He, he also writes comic books, uh, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, come on, yeah, but I mean, you're, I mean, the the stuff you've worked on and and the stuff that you're getting to do now, you you know that day's coming when it'll be like a. Eisner Award-winning writer. <laughs> well, hopefully, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just trying to, you know, put my best stuff out. But uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh no, man. I, I mean, you know, says so somebody who's already worked in the industry and is still up and coming. I mean, I, I definitely that that's why I wanted to reach out. I want to see what it's like, you know, at at the, you know, at at the starting line and then halfway through. As a, you know, I mean, I, I've interviewed other writers, and like I said, I've had Matt and and Brian on, but I've never talked to somebody who's like gotten some really good stuff out there and is like just starting mm-hmm. to to hit a stride. I guess is what would no. Be. I mean, I would definitely. I would. I'm very, very, very much still starting out on my on my on my path. So <laughs> I would definitely put myself in that category. So for somebody who wanted to to start out, what's the uh, I wouldn't I mean, say the, I wouldn't say the best way because everybody has their own way. But like, what 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 advice would you give to somebody who wanted to start out? I mean, you know, honestly, it's it, it's a difficult road. I mean, really, everyone's path is different. Bottom line, you got to be making comics. You got to be reading comics. Um, you know, it doesn't help to be putting out. The easiest path through is anthology type stuff, right? Like 2008, big ones, 2000 AD is uh, opening to anthology submissions again for Future Shocks. 
Um, every once in a while, uh, some of the bigger indie companies will have open calls for anthologies, uh, and then there'll be sort of a smaller but still respectable ones. I mean, really, it's just a matter of amassing work that you can show to people, and then you know, just getting into the room and talking to people and making friends in the industry. The, the biggest advice I give to everyone is just respect the rule of cool. Uh, there are so many rude and obnoxious and not self-aware people who have been and are still, you know, operating in and around comics. And a lot of that, you know, comes from, you know, we're, we're nerds, we're geeks, we're not the most socially apt people in the world. (laughs) Uh, and that's okay. But, you know, bottom line, a lot of, I see a lot of, uh, people are trying to break in a little goober. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're all, again, we're all YouTubers, so, of course, it's going to be a degree. But, you know, just kind of try to be cool and approachable and read the room and and just, you know, understand that creators and editors and people you're reaching out to and trying to pitch to and connect with, they're also still people, you know, with their own social stuff going on. Gotcha. Uh, And don't get disheartened. I mean... Uh, my very first SDCC, uh, when I was an intern at Top Cow, and I'd been an intern for like a month, uh, there was a creator there that I talked to on the first day, and he was really, really nice to me, and uh, the whole rest of the weekend, every time I came up to him, he was super, gave me the cold shoulder, was uh, like a little abrasive, uh, like definitely like socially pushing me away, and I, I was talking to... Uh, uh, an older employee at Top Cow, and I was like, man, I just feel really bummed out about this whole situation. I was explaining to him, and he was just like, he, he basically, the advice he gave him was like, don't worry about that. You know, comics is full of people who are at the end of their rope deadline-wise, take on way too much work, they're very stressed, and also people who are very introverted, but are forced to come to, to these be, conventions. Right. Right. Of people, you know, and be really accessible, and they're they don't want that, and they're not great at that. So I've actually heard that before. <laughs> I've yeah. heard that before from other <laughs> guests who are like, "I don't do people," and here I am, like, you know, like there's two hundred and fifty thousand people here. I just yeah, <laughs> what? Like you know, like, what do you want? So exactly, yeah, yeah, man, it's. I actually got to cover um, a con here this year at, in Atlanta called MomoCon, and it's mm-hmm. it's not one of the bigger ones. Um, they had some great comic book artists, though. Um, Afua Richardson. Oh, yeah, Afua's great. I love her. Oh, she's wonderful. She personalized a Wonder Woman print for my 10-year-old. Oh, lovely. Dressed up like Storm. Oh, that's super cool. And it was like, right. So I was like, okay, so this whole con thing I can get into. And then I'm like, I'm only doing one this year, and I'm here as a patron. <laughs> like, I'm just covering this for my own personal website and doing a podcast with a couple guests I have lined up. Like, I can't imagine what a con circuit is like on, on the other side of the table. <laughs> um, I mean... I mean, it can be rough, but I, I personally love it, and I'm, I'm always excited to, to meet people and, and talk about books and, and, and look at books and just... I mean, I'm still I'm still fresh, and, and I'm a summer child, so I still love all the, <laughs> all the fun parts of it, you know? Um, one of your Green Lantern guys was there. Um, I bought... Hey, go get that Green Lantern comic off my... <laughs> off my bedside table. Actually, it was the the newest issue, and he actually signed it in like bright green for me while I was there. Oh, cool! And then um, the guys who do uh, Tuskegee Airs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there? They oh were, my they were god! Boston this past what weekend. a book! Super talented dudes. What Whole a book! Team. I yeah. yeah, I love the crap out of that book. So like, I I, I actually really spent. I mean, you know, I my ten year old went with me. The one I just sent off on the comic finding mission um, if she chooses to accept it uh, <laughs> there's a 50-50 chance she goes upstairs and she's just like screw that guy and just does something else uh, <laughs> but um, you know we, we went around the cosplay stuff and then I ended up hanging out in the artist alley and that's how, actually how I got to meet Miss Richardson and um, 
you know, she, my my daughter picked out the Wonder Woman print and everything, and I wanted her to see that it's not just like all this stuff that that is loved and stuff. It's not just people dressing up like some like I wanted her to see like the people who actually put the work in and bring it to you, like the, the you know the people. Absolutely. Who, yeah. So. Um. I'm trying to see who it was. It looks like it was um who signed it? Where's the Yeah, it's on the yeah, it's on the cover. That's not what I'm looking for. Sam Humphreys maybe or uh No, it looks like it's the Hal Jordan Green Lantern Corps. Oh, um, so it's not the Green Lantern book, but it, it's uh, it's the Lantern book. No, no, I like that book a lot. I, li- I, li- I like Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps a lot. Uh, I-, I like both the two Lantern books right now a ton. Uh, it looks like, is it R- Ribeiro? Uh, who is... Because he's on the cover. Robert, uh, Robert Venditti? Yeah, it, it's yeah. his book. But, um, yeah, maybe that's who signed it. I don't know. But it, it yeah, got signed. Fighter, uh, it's fantastic. I, uh, he's he's very talented, dude. So I mean, like I, you know, I, it, being being on, on the guests on the on the um, the attendant side of the con was was really cool this year. It's the first one I've gone to um, mm-hmm. in a really really long time. I actually did Renaissance festivals way back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I still uh, go to those. I, I I didn't dress up. I did security. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I playing clothes with glasses and a radio. The fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But after you know, after I I got out of the army, I went and did that and traveled the country for like two years doing that. I had a set circuit, certain states that I went to for two three months at a time, and it ended up taking up the year. I did that for two years, and I I, I mean, after two years, I was like, oh my god, I'm done. So like, you guys who do who have con circuits and go to shows regularly, like. More power to you. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely love it, but it, it is, it is exhausting. You, uh, you lose energy real quick. <laughs> yeah, but it's like for and and for for you know for me and and fans, it's such a cool, it's such a cool concept to have the cons the, the way they do. You know, it's it's not just somebody getting to admire your work by just you know, buying it or reading it, but, you know, that connection with the fan base that, that is so personalized now, like with social media and the cons, it, I think it's really brought an ability to bring comics even more to the forefront because that relationship is able to be there. You know, you can look at, at, at something that, you know, you wrote and somebody can reach out and just be like, I read this thing. It's really awesome. And this is what it meant to me, you know, and you can like have that immediate, like, validation that the story you put out there that people love it and then at the same time you can actually talk to the people who love it mm-hmm. like, oh, I mean, absolutely. yeah that's just a, a crazy change like for instance um when i had when i had eric larson on um i grew up with image being birthed and all these crazy cool punk rock books coming out from this crazy label that, oh, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, I, I had him on for Savage Dragon, and there was a part of me that was like, dude, you're talking to Eric Larson, like, just, <laughs> you know, like, there's, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, I had um, Brett Booth on, and, like, all these... It, it's so crazy, like, you know, be, being able to, like, me and you see something on Twitter, follow each other, and then I'm like, I have a show, why haven't I asked you on yet? And then, you know, now here <laughs> me and you are sitting there talking about, you know, how cool your career's already been, and, and what comics we like, and when this, it, it's it's a really cool time, I think, for for the comic book industry, because of that that connectivity that we have to each other now. Definitely, and I, and I love the fact that... that people can reach out across both sides of the, the con aisle and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. Like, I mean, I, I grew up a huge X-Men fan, and um, I had the the showrunners 
for X-Men the Animated Series on. Mm. Oh, man. And was able to just like, right, I was able to, that 10-year-old kid who watched that was able to just be like, do you guys know how awesome you are? And like, you know, like just have them on. And then um, Cal Dodd, who I'm planning on having on for another episode soon, was the voice of Wolverine. Oh, nice. And he called me on the phone like personally, and we were talking, and it had nothing to do with the show it was just me and him talking and i told him i'm like do you realize that you're in my phone as wolverine and it's your actual (laughs) phone and you're wolverine like 10 year old me in the in the past right now has no idea the amount of epicness that's coming later on in life like so i don't know I, i just think it's it's and that's actually why i started the podcast like I've never monetized anything. I've never, I, I don't plan to. Like, it just gives me such cool opportunities to talk to people like you um, as just like a lifelong fan of this stuff. And, you know, so. Well, I mean, I'm just happy to, to be in the room. You know, I just feel so lucky. And I mean, it's more, it's, it's more possible for people to, to break in and, and, and talk. And the, the whole industry is more accessible now with, uh, you know, with with social media and 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 more more conventions than there were before. Oh, most definitely, dude. So, yeah. are, do you do you do you um? Are you a gamer? I mean, with with the Warframe connection, I was yeah like, yeah. Are yeah. you a gamer? I mean, you know, honestly, as uh, for the past like over the past six months, I haven't had as much time as as I used to. But uh, right. I, I mean, obviously, I was for for years a huge huge gamer. What 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 what's your uh, favorite genre? Um, so my favorite genre is probably like the Bioware RPG style, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, ideal ideal for me. But I mean, I love. I mean, I really. I my my tastes are are pretty across the board. You know, I love obviously Journey, which everybody loves. But I love Skyrim too, and uh, I love uh, I love Destiny. Actually, I'm excited about Destiny too. Uh, I think the gameplay is really really. Uh, not twitchy. It's very fun. I oh really yeah, dude! I game dug game. that beta. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I couldn't. A- I couldn't actually play the beta because I was at San Diego Comic Con. Oh but, no! Because uh, it was like <laughs> what one weekend? It was that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think they they it went on a little while longer, but I was I was still out of town back in San Diego. So <laughs> I actually just finished Prey. Oh, you know, Hawkins was talking about that. He found it really, uh, he liked it, but he found it really frustrating because it was, it was difficult, and he, uh, he didn't have a lot of time on his hands. It took, and it's long. Like, if you actually see, um, you know, you mentioned Skyrim, and my, my character hour counts on, on those games are horrifying oh, how yeah. much time I've lost because I'm a completionist. So Prey has, like, all these, like, here's this side quest, here's this side quest, um... There's 300 passengers, you know, three other crew members, 300 other crew members on this ship. And every time you hit a security terminal, it tells you how many in that section you have left to find, to find them all. So, like, it took me two solid weeks to play it, but it was super reminiscent of Bioshock, but in a way that was more of a loving tribute and not, uh, you know, like a a ripoff of it. Um, It definitely plays, like, like a Bioshock in space. Which oh God! I, think I love Ken Bioshock. Levine may be one of my favorite, one of my favorite um, video game people ever, other than him and Todd Howard, who was like, "Hey, let's take this point-and-click Fallout franchise and turn it into something epic." Yes. Uh, yeah, Fallout Four was scary for me. Um, <laughs> like multiple hundred-hour characters. In, in Skyrim and Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and but um but yeah pray um if you if you do want a game that you can actually like pick up and put down it's got story to it um but it's definitely something where you could like play it and then you know get busy doing something else and then come back to it and be like oh okay yeah this is what I was doing because it's a linear story so it's not like the open world's Definitely. But, but you do have this giant space station to run around in. I was actually quite impressed with how a one-off self-contained story took place in a playground that was that big. Mm-hmm. And detailed and different. You know, a, a lot of space games, you're like, oh, look, 
a hallway. Oh, look. <laughs> a bridge. Okay, well, yeah. this is where the command... Okay, so I'm going to leave the bridge and... Oh, look. Another hallway. Hey, there's a sick bay over there. Like, it's not like that. It's like... It's this huge sandbox to play in. And, and, and it's like Metroid, you know, as you upgrade and do this and that, you can go back to other areas you couldn't do. And so, but it was it was really good. No, I I, I should check it out one of these days. I I really should when I when I find the time. See, and that's the thing. I'm like I'm kind of in the same boat. There's stuff coming out that I'm like I'm gonna try. But I'm yeah. starting to get you know I'm starting to get back into get away from open worlds. And going back into like linear stories, um, that new God of War that they're previewing, I'm mm-hmm. salivating for. Um, my wife actually got me into that franchise when when God of War came out on the PlayStation Two, and the first one came out. I was like, I was looking for Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Four was like the be all end all. It was finally coming to oh, yeah. PlayStation. I didn't have a GameCube, so I was like. Oh, they reinvented, you know, Resident Evil, I gotta play this. So I was so focused on that, my wife was like, well, what about this game? And I look over, and it's like, just a dude holding swords with a Greek, you know, the Alpha Omega symbol on it. And I was like, pass, I want Resident Evil 4. Um, she went and bought it. And I got home from work one day, and she was like, I got you that God of War game. And I was like, it looks super boring, but I'll try it. And I put it in, and we loaded it, and... By the time I was done killing the Kraken at the beginning, my wife and I were both like, this is amazing. Hell yeah. And yeah, and then just ate that franchise up like like a freaking Golden Corral buffet, like every installment. <laughs> so this this new... Re- have you seen footage for the new... Yeah, I've seen, I saw the E3 stuff, yeah. Yeah, it looks oh good. Oh my gosh. That was so good. Uh, did you have a... Did you have Sony or, or are you on Xbox? No, or? I'm I'm on Xbox, but uh, I've played I've played some of the first couple. Okay, um, I was well, yes, okay, so you can't do that. I was going to say Horizon yeah, Zero, okay. Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, I, everyone says that game's amazing. I I got to check it out. It's Breath of the Wild for grownups. It is. It's Zelda Breath of the Wild for for grownups. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's super good. But we're coming up on an hour. Did you want to... Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, Yeah, if you don't mind, I uh, should probably wrap up shortly. I didn't realize. I did not realize the time. That's always a sign of a good conversation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But um, I'll tell you what I tell everybody else. Um, If you are gracious enough to come on the show, I always have open door. Um, to come back on, I mean, I'll still stay into, you know, I'll still be on Twitter and stuff, but anytime you have a project or something, or you just want to come on and talk about anything, um, the door is always open. Oh, thank you, man. Absolutely. I I would love to come on again. Cool. So, well, I I had a blast. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) great introductory episode and, um, yeah, doors always open to you, dude, and and I'll be in touch. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun, and, and thanks for inviting me on. Do, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, it's carte blanche, dude. Do you... <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I I don't have anything that was just announced, but uh, soon I'm going to have uh, I have a web comic that's going to be announced pretty soon. It's uh, with one of the major web comic platforms, uh, but uh, I, I'm really it's creator owned. I'm really excited about it, and then I uh, I have another creator owned thing coming soon uh with with top cow but i can't talk about details yet at all so it's it's in in the pre-development stage but uh i will be able to to promote those more in the future okay but uh you know anybody can just i'm i'm really easy to find on social media and i when i'm not ranting about gross food i'm i'm uh i'm (laughs) talking about (laughs) about work and stuff okay awesome and then people can People can see your stuff, um, the one-off Big Moose from Archie, uh, Warframe, yep. Magdalena. Yep, yeah, it's all, it's all, I mean, it's all pretty easy to find. If, if for some reason somebody's having any trouble finding any of my stuff, they can, you know, hit me up on Twitter or anything. I'm happy to help them out. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, man. I, I had a blast. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir, most definitely. Thanks for your time, dude. Oh, thank you, dude. All right, I will uh, talk to you on Twitter then.
All right, man. Yeah, have a good one. Later. Bye.